For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxel, and you can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. Elijah and I could not wait to get this podcast started because of the riveting match that we witnessed over the weekend. This is your Oxford FA Cup recap. I'm sure everybody was waiting for this, so let's just get right to it. Oh yeah. Let's start with the best damn coast in the land. Elijah Newsom. Yes, uh, excited to be here. Uh, you mean now Twitter celebrity Elijah Newsom? Uh, follow yes. me at Elijah underscore Newsom. Your boy had a tweet go viral. Um, R.I.P. Kobe though. R.I.P. G.G. R.I.P. Everyone. Yeah. Somber yeah. note, but we're gonna push through. We can make it through the pod. Um, if you want to follow the the good folks of of our our mothership, um, coming home Newcastle, I <laughs> uh, can follow them at coming home in UFC. Uh, those tweets are great, and so are the tweets at chn underscore radio. Um, both great Twitter accounts. Follow them both, um, Greg. I feel like we should do a giveaway <laughs> soon for chn radio. Yeah, but we're not getting that many five star reviews, are we? Well, I mean, like one for followers, like oh, like a Twitter one. Yeah, let's do that because I think that we're a good like banter account too. Like we we deserve more clout and on that space. Um, so, and you know, then yeah. people will see you tweeting out the stuff and there'll be more listeners and then more five star reviews. Mm. So this I is, love how the, I love the trickle down effect. I love, yeah, yeah, it's how trickle down economics. It totally works. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you so, go. So let's say if, if we beat Oxford, then we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. If we beat Oxford, <laughs> we'll launch a Twitter giveaway. Um, I feel like, let's see, what's our fault? And then. At? And then if we don't, you can just blame Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, which you can do regardless. <laughs> like, if anything in your life is going awful, just blame Newcastle. Yeah. All right, we're at 285 followers now. Let's say we get to, like, I don't know. We'll have to work out the details. But I don't even know if we need to assess a number. Just retweet and follow. Uh, no, we're, we're it's going to be 10,000 followers probably. I'm joking. That well, it will be, be less than that. Yeah. Okay. But right. that's, I mean, that's at least what we deserve. I mean. Yeah, like, once this, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. Once this gives the kids to 10,000 followers, we will give away a car. <laughs> like, yes. that'd be hilarious. Like, it would probably happen overnight. It would. So. Like, and then we give away a toy car and people would be pissed. Oh, man. That's we so would funny. drop right, all of our followers would now unfollow. I mean, no, that's the thing is um, that, like, some won't even care. So, like, you lose 2,000, we still have nine, we still have 8,000 followers. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, that's good. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone listening to this is going to be so skeptical when we actually announce something. Yeah. And also, they're going to be like, thank God they're not actually talking about this match. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, that reminds me, let's talk about the match. Oh, God. <laughs> 
we can talk about more exciting FA Cup matches like uh, like the is the, was that, Smith was that Liverpool who who like they're complaining about is that are they oh, playing with the FA yeah. Cup or the EFL Cup? No, they they played in the FA Cup and they drew. Yeah, to Shrewsbury Town. And now Jurgen Klopp's like, we're not going to send any of our players, or I'm not going to coach as well, which is like, Greg, what's your take on that? Wait, I didn't hear this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was wild. So they asked him about it in his post-match pressure, and he basically was like, this is ridiculous. Our players at Liverpool have to play so many matches, and like... I think it's a waste of our time. They need to change the FA Cup rules, all this other stuff. Um, I have to look at the actual quotes, but essentially, he said, "I'm the next match. We're not gonna. He's not gonna bring like the first team, um, and he's not gonna coach. He's gonna send an assistant coach to coach the replay." Hmm. Yeah. So. Well. Um, and I mean, the FA was the, like, "We're gonna find you." The league one side. Yeah, but it's interesting because it's causes a rift in the. It's caused a rift, obviously, in the British football and community, and um, you actually are starting to see like who actually follows like British football and who is just like a fan of their club. Like I would be straight up, like I am a fan of just Newcastle. I don't really care. I don't follow League One or League Two or even the Championship that well. Um, but like, like for example, Gary Lineker was like just move up the start time for FA Cup matches to, like, August. And there are people, like, you don't realize, like, non-league sides are playing in, like, the summer for the FA Cup. So, like, yeah. what do you want to do there? They basically play an FA Cup match. Like, if you're, like, below League One for they the first start, season. Literally, they start. So this is, like, the fifth. Well, we're about to get into the fifth round of the FA Cup. But what people don't realize is they start the FA Cup in the first weekend in April. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, April. I said, I meant August, August 10th was the first match day mm-hmm. and they played one, two, three, four, five, six rounds of qualifying Yeah, just to get to the first round of this tournament. And you play like so once every they go two from, weeks. <laughs> yeah, they go from August 10th to October 19th of playing straight up qualifying the whole time. And then we play the first round. So it's like those, those, and the, and this tournament it's huge for them because there's a there's if you win, you get money. Yeah, you, you get paid to advance. It's like significant. Like that is do or die to some of those clubs. Yeah. So by messing with FA Cup, you're losing a lot. Yeah, and just so for the sake of clarity, so I don't misquote, this is what Jurgen Klopp said. He says, "You cannot deal with us like nobody cares about it. I know it's not very popular, but that's the way I see it. The Premier League asks us to respect the winter break. That's what we do. If the FA doesn't respect that, then we cannot change that." We have to respect the players' welfare. They need rest. They need a mental rest, a physical rest. And that's what the winter break is all about. Um, and so the FA is disappointed and surprised. And they are going to fine him and Liverpool and all that kind of crap. Um, he says that uh, – he also said um, – he says I, he's going to play the kids, um, meaning the U23s, and the U23 coach will coach the, uh, the match. He said – yeah, so. Well – at Anfield too, so I just saw a couple things. One is that Shrewsbury has played thirty six matches this year, Liverpool thirty eight. Um, and then the next thing is the guy that that earned the draw, Jason Cummings. Yeah, 
Everyone follow him on Twitter. Oh, great Twitter account. He's literally um, gassing himself up to play for Man U. Like he is nicknaming himself the Cum Dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not joking no, at all. It's, I swear. It's so great. I I literally I, thought that. Like I was so confused when I saw his tweets pop up because I thought that he was like a YouTuber that was making some like transfer joke about the fact that all the Premier League teams needed a striker. And then I'm like looking, I'm like, oh no, this is a real person who like scored against Liverpool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Um, but I I think like like you said, uh, it's a lazy excuse since we're talking FA Cup. It's a lazy excuse from Klopp, um, because like. This all takes away from the fact that Liverpool, like, gave up a two-goal lead. Like, that is just, that. that's on him, and that's on his squad. It's like, you can't field out 150, really, almost 200 million pound team, um, and then throw up, you know, throw out a, a, a 2-0 lead and uh, instead draw. So, I mean, that's the magic of the cup. If you don't like it, then, I mean, that's your own issues, but... I mean, the, the way he handled it and went about it, I, I don't know if that's the most professional thing. Does he have a point? Sure. But he also doesn't have a point because every other like level below the Premier League is at a significantly uh, higher disadvantage than he is. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. So, and, yeah, yeah, and honestly, like, uh, I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for like that argument, especially in... Football, like soccer, yeah. um, like playing too many games, like in you're going oh, I'm not going to manage it. Like, what is your salary again? Like, yeah. literally, you could pick. There's hundreds of thousands of people that would love to take your place if you're not willing to. So, yeah. Um, and what's crazy is it's not even like it'd be one thing up. if like, if Steve Bruce is message. saying this, and it's like it's because Newcastle is injured, but like Liverpool is not even injured. Like they have like a fifty point lead. <laughs> On the Premier League. Like, they can afford to play more matches. And, I mean, one person on Twitter put it like this, and I wholeheartedly agree. Like, a lot of these bigger clubs, Man City, Liverpool, I mean, in this case, Liverpool, um, they complain about playing in the FA Cup. But, you know, if someone knocked on the door and said, we're going to add two more group stage matches to the Champions League, they'd be they'd 100% say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah, so we've been avoiding talking about this match for long enough. Yeah, let's get into it. Do you want to take a <laughs> break first? It. We might as well. <laughs> yeah, let's take a break, and then we'll, we're breaking before we even talk about yeah, it. Wild. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that break right after this. Okay, we have the shortest three words ever. That's kind of let you, let you know how this match went. Uh, so after every match, we ask you... The people to comment on three words to describe the match we'll read them on the pod and there's two submissions uh from trevor mooney at trevor mooney 12 brucey still shite and mr steel your worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo another cup draw that is it uh this is the first time that we've made it to the fifth round draw so yeah, since Mike Ashley has been an owner, that's so. a positive. This is technically the furthest we've ever been <laughs> in his ownership. Oh man, uh, boy, do I have a take yeah. for you, Greg? <laughs> uh, do you want to say it now, or um, 
I mean, I have two takes. One I'll say right now because it's it will it's a it's a teaser for the Wednesday episode. Um, mm. I'm my here, here's you know work, think smarter. Mike Ashley is not going to sell the club because he has the potential of walking away with some silverware. So if Newcastle mm. beat Oxford, deals off. If Newcastle mm. don't beat Oxford, deal back on. Because we beat mm. Oxford. And we, you know, go up against West Brom. It's like, oh, we're we're close to Mike Ashley Walker with a little silverware. So just penny for your thoughts. Okay. So your take has been filed away. Yeah, it's been filed in the the takes. Yeah. Thing in the takes world. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so for the for the lineups, you're gonna be shocked that this game ended zero zero. Yeah. Because I'm gonna name these players, and you're gonna be like, how against the league one side? But we had Darlow. Cher, Lascelles, Clark, Yedlin, Sean Longstaff, Bentaleb got his debut, Richie, Almiron, St. Maximin, and Jolinton. The subs were Rob Elliott, Fernandez, Hayden, Matty Longstaff, Atsu, Tom Allen, and Elias Sorensen. Elijah, your thoughts? Um, it, it's kind of, I was honestly a little shocked because, uh, I mean, I had been an adamant of this on this, on the, the, this preview for Oxford like our podcast and on the preview I wrote for the match that like, I was like, all right, well you can rest Miggy or you can rest or you give ASM limited minutes, all that kind of stuff. And you could straight up just start Tom Allen. Like what's the harm in it? You know, you have a strong enough team to like kind of pick up the slack um, that he could potentially leave. And if he's not playing well, you have at on the bench, or you'd have ASM or Alan Rohn on the bench. So I was a little shocked that he didn't make his debut. Um, shout out to Bentaleb. Um, he kind of walked into a, a, an interesting situation, and we'll get into more about his his play in particular because I do know that there were people who kind of asked about that, um, like mentioned us and stuff after the match. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit, but I mean, it was it was a strong team. Uh, Darlow was looking really attractive with his hair. So uh, shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like this is a Premier League lineup. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, it's just it's just well, not according to Brian because Darlow is not a Premier League keeper. Yeah, outside of Dubrovka, but no, but I I also team. think that that statement by Brian is absurd. Wasn't that for Freddie Woodman, not Darlow? No, he said that. He said that this was a whole discussion. That one, I said Freddie Woodman is a Premier League keeper. He said no. And then he said the only Premier League keeper we have at our club is Dubrovka. And I said, you don't think Carl Darlow is a Premier League keeper? And then I brought up his stats of when he was our starting keeper. And Brian was like, oh, never mind. It's a whole <laughs> ordeal because is. It's a dumb argument because I was like, he was our clear number one before we signed Dubrovka. Yeah. Well, some people don't uh, just have weird opinions and nothing to back it up. Yeah. So, match started, and pretty much immediately, Jolinton clashes heads and starts bleeding. So, that wasn't a good start just initially. So, and the, uh, the real disappointment is there's no Gucci headband available. Like, that should be something that we just have now, right? Mm, it's true. Yeah. Unless uh, Sports Direct doesn't want to get on the Gucci brand, but which I, which would not be surprising. 
Uh, and then uh, I, ten minutes in was like the first actual action, and it was Lascelles. Uh, probably in on a different day. If this happened, I, I actually I, I will say this: Lascelles dove in feet first, a pretty bad tackle, and he got a yellow for it. If that happened, if he did that in the seventieth minute, it's a red card. Yes or no, Elijah? Um, yeah, I, I honestly think that if he does that in a not FA Cup match with a more veteran ref, that's a red card. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think tackle. he only got a yellow because the ref didn't want to give a red 10 minutes into a match. But uh, that's really all I could see there. That was pretty dangerous. But it was just a yellow. And then we missed, right after that, we missed a pretty big time opportunity. Uh, it was St. Gucci uh, picked up the ball and r- immediately – and he looked up to – I've watched this play a few times. Uh, Jolinton was wide open, clear down the middle of the pitch. If he would have played it right when he got the ball, it's a goal. Like, unless Jolinton has a massive mess up and just blatantly misses, it's a it's a clear goal. There was nobody near him. But instead, what Sinkuchi decides to do is he does what he does best and dribbles the ball up and, and moves the ball up forward. And then this is the weird thing is Jolinton ran into the lane that – St. Gucci was running to almost to like cut him off, which he shouldn't have ever taken that run. Like there was open space there, but it was just him and two slow center backs. Like he could have easily gone anywhere he wanted, but he ran away from the goal. And by the time St. Gucci even decided to pass the ball, it was way too late. He was offside. So like it was terrible decision-making by St. Gucci there. Um, and the most impressive part about the play was like Jolton did score, which he was in a weird angle and he still put it away. Yeah, it was like a really good uh, finish. Yeah, and but it was just like a, such a dumb, just really terrible decision making there. Yeah, like for both, like it's I would lie this seventy five percent on Saint Gucci Max and twenty five percent on Jolton. Yeah, what's your thought on this play? What's interesting is if you go back and listen to our emergency pod on St. Gucci Max, which I recommend you do because that's another listen for us. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, do that. Um, we That was like our criticism of him was like there's a fear that he can over-dribble. And sometimes you just want him to make the pass, he'll just keep dribbling, which is like exactly mm-hmm. what just happened. And so it's like it was one of those things where, yeah, I think Newcastle fans, this was probably the first point in this season where I think Newcastle fans were like, oh, St. Gucci Max, not great. Well, I think actually, uh, yeah, it was this point. And he even commented on it, which is like, shout yeah. out to him for owning up to it. He said it was his worst game. Yeah. And like, yep. this was the first time I'm like, oh, mm, maybe not the best because, I mean, there was moments, um, you know, it's cool when he's dribbling in the first half of the season. It's like, oh, cool. We have someone who's dynamic on the ball. That's great. But then when it's like a point where you're over dribbling and, you know, not making the pass and, you know, not setting up your teammates, then it gets frustrating. And that was what happened here. It's like easily could have set up a teammate or played the ball or anything. Like anything beside what he did would have been a better. He could have shot on goal and it would have been a better decision because Joel Linton would have been in for, would have been there for the rebound. So, yeah. Uh, moving on. So Newcastle in the 23rd, the 23rd minute mark, there was an appeal for a handball. And then Jolinton went down in the box. It went to VAR. It showed that it it was a flop, uh, more than a takedown. It was deemed not a penalty. And also at this point, I noted that we had 69% possession. Nice. 
very nice. Was that but nothing to show for it? Was that also the like? That was also when because if I remember this sequence correctly, there was the handball, then the flop, and then like there was a cross into Lascelles that he headed over the bar. Yeah, so that was shortly after. Okay. Yeah, so the next possession, we got it to Lascelles, and he fired one over the ball. He got some ops on that one, by the way. Yeah, he was high up there. But really, the the whole first. Uh, the first half was it just lacked any attacking moments. Like Newcastle kept possession, but they couldn't do anything near the 18-yard box. As soon as they tried to get it, push it up that far, the ball got taken away, and Oxford would pass the ball around for like 20 seconds, and then we would take it back and continue possession again. Uh, it was almost like reminiscent of like other teams when they struggle against us when we bunker. <laughs> they don't they don't do anything. And you're getting so frustrated because, like, we have all this possession, but we're not doing anything. So what's it, what's it here for? Uh, it just shows, and we can talk about this too. This this team is not designed to keep the ball. They don't know what to do with it. It's kind of depressing to say that, but it's the truth. It seems so. Halftime, zero zero, awful, awful match so far. Elijah, what's your thoughts? Um, I mean, that was kind of the the big thing. You kind of hit it on. I was a little shocked that. I mean, to be fair. Um, obviously, there was a big moment for Joel Linton we'll talk about in the second half, but like some of the stuff he was doing in terms of his hold-up play, I mean, he actually didn't look too bad. Um, I thought that Miggy and St. Maxman were not as impactful as I thought they could have been, um, and okay, that was kind of the tune going forward uh, just for the rest of the match. Um, and I guess I can talk about this now, but... Uh, I think my biggest frustration from this match overall was like this was the perfect opportunity to showcase the Bill Bentaleb's skill set, and they just like didn't do that because they just didn't pass the ball to the midfielders. It was bizarre. Like, like Bentaleb got a few touches here and there, and like when he got the ball, it was you know moving the ball and all that kind of stuff. But there was like they were passing up and down the wings, trying to get it to Saint Maxman, trying to get it to Almiron, and like we would there would be moments where. It is so frustrating to watch because it's it doesn't make footballing sense at all. Like we would p- pass the ball around the back between our three center backs, and then like either Bentleb or Longstaff would come in to try to receive the ball, and our center backs would just hoof the ball upfield and try to make this like diagonal pass or try to and like yes, sometimes it worked, but it's not like an effective way to generate offense at all because all it is is like yes. The, the ball got to the person. Yes, Almiron is, is in behind the defense, but now it's just him while everyone else is still sitting back because they were trying to play the possession game. And so now it's just Almiron by himself, like one on two against defenders, kind of hold up the ball waiting for everyone else to come and attack. So it's like it, the way Newcastle were handling the fact they had possession was like like you said one of frustration where it was like all right well instead of like trying to actually break these guys down by moving them out of position it just started hoofing the ball upfield and it's like this was the perfect opportunity to like use Nabil Bentaleb use Sean Longstaff at the things that they're actually good at which is moving the ball around the pitch circulating it between the different players and instead Newcastle were like we're going to rely on Alan St. Maxman and Miguel Amaron and just ping the ball to him and see what happens and what yeah. happened nothing <laughs> Yeah, and just we didn't go over this. The lineup is like how how we were playing is St. Max was in the middle, Almiron and Longstaff were in front of Bentaleb. And 
so like it was that three man midfield and Bentaleb deep in that situation. Yeah. And he was coming super um, deep and they were just like not mm-hmm. giving him the ball and it was like super annoying. It's like yeah. it's the whole reason he's brought in here is cuz that's what he does. And and maybe we'll talk about this on the next podcast but he has already said that he wants to sign with Newcastle permanently. Which is bizarre that. after that match. I mean, I'm sure he likes yeah. the players and <laughs> I mean, it seemed like he already is cuz he speaks French and he speaks English yeah. really well, so I mean, he fits right into a squad with French players and players who speak English, so I'm sure yeah. He's loved to be back in Premier League and all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. So anyway, cool. second half. So second half started is Dahl once again. Uh, and Big Joe put the ball in the net again. He was off sides again. That, this one was <laughs> completely on him though. Yes. Um he look so honestly he's not looking as lost as he was in the beginning of the season. That's just like my general consensus of him off the ball and linking with the midfield, which was a huge problem initially. I'm not seeing that anymore, like almost at all. But like you can't spend 40 mil on a striker and him not score either. Mm-hmm. So like I, yeah, I'm happy he's playing better, but he's the the thing that you buy strikers for is not happening. And you can you can switch this off like like for for a striker you need goals. It just that's what you need for a midfielder. You don't need goals. Like people were so mad at Miggy. It's like oh he never scores. Well he's not a striker either. Like he he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, but like and ASM is typically outside of today he's been doing what he's supposed to be doing. Sean Longstaff. That's we'll talk about that later too. Yeah. Uh, Maddie Longstaff doing what he's supposed to be doing. So like. But you're not expecting goals from them. You are expecting goals, consistent goals from your striker. Uh, I don't know what else to say anymore. Do you want to talk about this play? Um, I mean, it was just uh, – it was kind of – it was even more bang-bang. I mean, Joel Linton was just clearly offsides, and the ball was swung into him, and he just fired it home. A pretty difficult yeah. finish, but, I mean, it's kind of bang-bang, and he was just he was just way offside. Like – like the announcer, <laughs> it was so bad. He said he was like, "Oh, he's really good when uh, he's really good at finishing when the whistle blows." I was like, "Oh, that's a good that's line." That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Uh, but yeah, he was definitely all sides. Uh, I don't. I, I'm just so frustrated at that. Um, second half, we also saw Saint Gucci attack way more, uh, but and it was it was somewhat until like the last. Uh, that's why I say somewhat quiet day for Almiron, besides like the last ten minutes. Yeah, um, essentially, which was surprising. Like he just wasn't involved, like you'd expect he was. What's your take on Almiron's performance? I I think it was a little bit of frustration as well, but for a different reason. Um, just like, normally it's frustration because like you know link up player or whatever, or just the fact that he wasn't scoring, but. I think this was frustrating because uh, the opportunities were there, but like, just like you said, it, I don't even know if it's this team's not set up to attack or possess because I think like personnel wise, it's possible. I don't know if Sean Longstaff's in the picture right now for that, but personnel wise, it's possible. It's just it's not something they've worked on. So I think yeah. that was a frustrating thing is that like Almiron who 
comes from a who's come from a system where possession was important or and had or has played a system where possession has been important. I'm not going to say that that Atlanta United team possession was mega important, but they had possession at times and had to control matches at times. And it's like there's a certain way you can approach uh, having so much possession and frustrating defense, and it, it involves dragging, like making dummy runs to drag guys out of position, that kind of stuff. It just wasn't happening. What was happening was he would get the ball. And, like, no one else would move or do anything. So, like, their back line would just pretty much didn't even have to pressure him. They would just look at him and, like, one person would step up and then he'd just have to pass the ball backwards. So, it's like he was not as involved because, I mean, this game didn't really play to his strengths. and, And he wasn't really getting much help elsewhere. And I think that's the same for pretty much everyone playing, which means that, like, the whole team didn't play well, which isn't obvious. And that kind of falls on Bruce. Um, as great as he's been in certain situations, like you have to know that if you're coming up against an inferior opponent, like you have to be able to move the ball and create chances, especially when you don't have the benefit of the Rochdale match where like it was an early goal and you guys got two straight and you kind of killed the momentum of that team. Like Oxford came to play and we had no real answer to, to their, their bunkering. And it'll be interesting to see what we do at, uh, at Oxford. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to say a lot. It's another match with a beat-up squad, so uh, that's going to be very interesting. I'm, I'm actually very intrigued. I like. I don't. I don't think we're going to have that strong of a lineup again. But Brucey, I haven't thought we'd have this strong of a lineup in any of our FA Cup matches so far. So it would be interesting to see. So uh, going 70th minute. So a little bit earlier, uh, Oxford almost went up, one nothing. Uh, it was Brown. Uh, he shot one over the bar, and then the 70th minute, we made a sub. We took St. Gucci Max off for Matty Longstaff, and he almost immediately scored. <laughs> it yeah. was awesome. It was a great shot. Uh, it was the curling effort outside the box and went just past the bar, uh, and it was just really good. I mean, he just immediately made a difference, which is cool to see. The formation changed a bit. Uh, Almiron was pushed up alongside Big Joe, and then Maddie and Sean were in front of Bentaleb in the three-man midfield. Um, in the 76th minute, Cher curled in across on the right. And uh, Lascelles headed it back across the goal. And Almron tried to flooring Lejeune it into the net. Um, it was not great. It went over. But I was like, man, like, I mean, I understand when the ball was coming and in a Premier League match, you that's probably the only option you had. But, but he had a he lot of space there. Yeah, he had a lot so of space. Uh, he didn't need to do that. So maybe he was just like used to the play that in the Premier League and was like, well, I don't have much time. But yeah, that was bad. That's one of those where like if it's MLS, he takes like three touches. Like Joseph yeah. Martinez has so many of those where it's like this ball's coming in. It's kind of a hot ball. And there's like three defenders around him. But he still somehow has the ability to take like four touches and then get a shot off because like the defending is so bad. That's yeah. like what Almiron could have done. He could have dribbled around the keeper if he wanted to, but yeah. just yeah. And then Big Joe. And then Big Joe. Uh, 79th minute sub. Bentaleb off. Atu on. Good, good run for Bentaleb. He didn't get involved that much. But not his fault either. It's no, a very like yeah, it, it was it was good. No, I mean there wasn't much to judge on, but it was good for him to get some. Yeah, 
I'd like to time. see him get a, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'd like to see him get a run in against Norwich as well. I mean, I think you, you have to drop Sean Longstaff from the team. Just FYI, he didn't play well. Yeah. And I think that he could, he could do really well alongside, I don't know if Shelby's even fit, but I mean, even Hayden, I know they're similar types of players, but if he, if he could really be that link and Hayden can kind of drop back, then, you know, why not? So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, in the 87th minute, we had Longstaff come off for Hayden. Um, Hayden moved to the right center back and Cher moved to defensive midfield. And that was the match. Yeah, yeah, that 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 move made no sense to me. But yeah, uh, then we're back to Steve Bruce weird subs. Um, Greg, we'll leave with this. Do, wait, I feel like you do stats and stuff before we do this. Best and worst player, but I don't yeah. remember. Okay, yeah, we well, do. Okay, are there any stats? There's there's some. So I, oh. I just for one one more thing to say is on my day after article, right after the full time. Usually I have a, like a full description and I go into a little bit more detail and stuff. This time I just wrote this was pretty awful to watch. There's no excuse for this result at home. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. This was completely unacceptable. Oh, here's here's my my final thoughts on this match before we get into. Did stats. you say thought or thought? Thoughts. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Um, That's we'll, very shall we check of the you. tapes. Um, uh, my final thoughts <laughs> <laughs> on this match. Uh, I think Newcastle are obsessed with untelevised wins in the FA Cup. Mm. That's the that's the take we're rolling out with Ooh. because they 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 had a stinker against Rochdale when it was on ESPN Plus and bless my heart for waking up that early to watch that match that was like a seven a.m. match and oh, then this wow. one another stinker what a t- and, difficult time for you oh yeah uh, thoughts and prayers please send send those my way um this is another one that was on ESPN Plus I mean obviously in the UK they haven't really seen any of the matches but. This one was another one that was like accessible to streaming, and I don't really know if they're doing like I mean I'd I'd imagine that maybe ESPN Plus might have this replay, especially since Liverpool has replay. Like I don't know, they have a set amount of matches they televise for FA Cup each year, um, and they usually don't start till the Premier League's involved. But um, I don't know. I think this could be another like untelevised like Newcastle win like six nothing, and all we know is like random like videos of like people watching a Saudi stream or like an Australian like like BN ten in Australia has the match on and then like we're relying on one player to one one Twitter account to like show us all the goals again. Like it's gonna be one of those. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. I would love it. Uh, going to actually let's take one more break and then we'll yeah. we'll go in to close it out. So let's take that break right now. Okay, so some quotes for the match. Old Brucey said, "I'm frustrated, disappointed, upset. From the first minute to the last, we were never good enough in possession. We gave the ball away. Our whole demeanor wasn't right." Oxford made it difficult for us, but we made it difficult for ourselves the way we surrendered possession. The amount of mistakes we made was ridiculous. When you play like that, you don't deserve to go through. 
Fair play to Oxford. They made it to a cup tie. We didn't do enough, and we can't make any excuses. I'm completely happy he said something like that. Do you have any quotes that you want to say? Yeah, when when did when does he take responsibility? Uh, he just said we have to accept it. There's more, but nothing of note. I don't know. I feel like part of that's just on him. I mean, it's good that he said he made it more about like the team's demeanor. But I wish he also would have been like, "Hey, like I didn't prepare as well as I thought I did," or something like that. I don't yeah, know. But that's, yeah. That's no, that's a good call out. Yeah, but yeah, um, that's all I have. I don't really have any quotes. Alrighty, so no, I think someone asked him about the takeover, and he said he's not. We're focused on like the transfer window or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I didn't want to. We'll get to that that tomorrow uh, Wednesday. Uh, so stats. Well, I guess it is tomorrow if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Yes, crap. Keep, yeah. I keep messing that up. Uh, it's the new schedule, stats. as you, if you could tell by last week, I listened to some of our episodes last week. We were just all, it was all over the place. For just like, <laughs> oh, if you're listening to this on Friday, this is the seventh episode of the week. <laughs> like, just Yeah. Uh, I hope you guys are liking it, though. Yeah, some we stats. promise you that there won't be seven this week. Unless they sign, like, hella players. Yeah. Or we get if we get a takeover, we're going to do a pot a day. The rest of the season. God. Uh, Newcastle aren't beaten in their last six matches in all competitions. That's a fun fact. Cool. Three of those matches, three of those six were against League One side. So, <laughs> uh, Nabil Bentaleb became the third Algerian to play for Newcastle United. Elijah, who were the other two? Uh, Islam Slimani. Mm hmm. Um,. Algerian. Damn. That's the only one I can think of. I don't... I'm, like, trying to think of, like, a hint to give you... Oh, wait. I can look up where they currently play. I think it's in France. Riyad Mahrez. He's not (laughs) Algerian, I think. Or a Newcastle player, so... Yeah. We were linked to him. Uh, He he, wanted to leave Leicester, and then he... He currently plays for Nantes in Ligue 1. For Nantes. Uh, Newcastle player. Yeah. When did he play at Newcastle? He played at Newcastle from January 2011. Oh, God. Until he was finally sold in August of 2015. Um... It's Mediabeat. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I forgot he existed. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do a lot for Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, but wow. you know he's a uh, he's a starter in League One, League One. Gets one good goal, two him. assists. Has a goal in the Coupe de la Ligue and Coupe de France. Goal in each. Call him goalie Abid. <laughs> okay, I'm done with that. Oh, also Sunderland are also playing the same league as Oxford and Rochdale. Just that's another stat for you. Okay, Elijah, who is your worst player? Um, I mean, it, this is actually pretty tough. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, everyone, it is. Yeah, everyone sucked. Uh, man, this was uh, this is actually very tough. Um, jeez, I I kind of I mean, I feel like it's it's I think it's. Actually, can we start with best player? 
Yeah, I mean, we don't have to end on a high note. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's easier to just talk about how poor the team was. And then I like we, I think certain like yeah, one yeah, player yeah. deserves like his clout. Uh, I guess two. Um, yeah, my best I, player I, on, is oh, go ahead. Carl Darla. Okay, that's 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 a good one. He <laughs> made some saves. There were some there were some that were easier than others, but the saves were made. He did his job. Um, I think the Bill Bentaleb. I want to give him credit because I mean he he didn't look bad. I mean it was against the league one side, but like when he got the ball, he was he did the right things, which is more than I can say for a lot of the other Newcastle players. I think he had the ball taken off him once. He got double teamed um, when they tried to do some weird press, and then we got the ball back, so it was yeah. a big, really big deal. But I mean I don't know. I feel like I walked away and I was like. Huh, not bad. And I think that was the overall tone. I think most people thought he had a pretty solid debut. Um, so I, I guess that would be my best player. My worst player, there's a few. I'd like to start with Sean Longstaff because that's been a theme this season. It's just he's just not he's he's not been the same player at the end of last season. Um and I don't I don't know I can't put my finger on it. I think part of it is confidence thing. Um and the other part is I think that there's just there's also a bit of lack of direction that he's getting from the manager that I think also plays a part into it. I think there has to be a two-way street of yes, Sean has taken a step back, but also like you with these player-centric managers, if you don't if it's one thing to be a player-centric manager and have tactics, but if you don't if you're not that tactically sound, then like you're doing some players a disservice and it seems like when Sean Longstaff's out there He's not as involved as he was when he was under Rafa. But yeah, I don't know. That's just what it looks like, surface level. Surface level, yeah. And I'm going to blame Bruce for that. I'm okay with that, wholeheartedly. Yeah, because the talent's there, I think. But I think that like you still have to give him direction. And like, and Maddie's been good, but part like Maddie's a great impact sub because you just tell him and run around like a a chicken with his head caught up. <sighs> And he's going to be fine and give you that energy. But I think, like, when they both play full matches, there's just times where they look lost and they don't look like they belong in the midfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not great, and I that's on Bruce. Yeah, and just to pick a different one, uh, mine is St. Gucci Max for this one. For stuff yeah. that we already talked about. It, and self-admitted. Yeah. I mean, uh, not a great match for him. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. That's it. There's not really much else to say. This is just a, a crappy one. Um, did we have the replay date figured out yet? I think it's next Monday. It or is, Tuesday. Hang on, I'm checking right now. I think, yeah. I think the the other match would be played on a Monday, and this one's next, I think it's next Tuesday. Oh, yeah, the February 4th. So what is that? Next Tuesday? Yeah. Cool. Yep. Well, uh, get ready for an exciting uh, double uh, episode. Wait, no. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. double episode uh, next Tuesday morning, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, do you have anything else, Elijah? Um, No, not really. Uh, Can't wait to talk some Newcastle news. Uh, for this Wednesday episode, it's going to be exciting. Oh yeah, um, 
got a lot to cover news (laughs) and uh we're we're trying to get all the news together in order to give you guys the best possible analysis keep the questions coming we'll answer all those on the news pod so yeah coming sounds good well that concludes our oxford recap of chn radio i'm your host greg troxel this is the best damn coast in the land elijah newsome and the best song you ever hear coming home to newcastle we will see you tomorrow wednesday and away the lads Never win the cup again. I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park if the Gallagher's end in the rain. I'm coming home. And I'm proud to be a Jody and to live in Jody land. Some people think we're 40 and we're hard to understand. And they say it's just self pity. And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I've walked the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home The old blind busker who stands at Fenwick's door He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park, if the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of the river tide I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away Kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother seeing hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog in St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home